Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you today? So, So we finished the conceit, yeah, and uh, have we started on the Erjian? Wrong views? Huh? Not yet, right? Oh, started a bit? Yeah. Where did we stop? Sajia Yejian, huh? Sakaya Diti. Sajia Yejian. So, uh, for those who have been sitting for the past 10 minutes, uh, did you all overhear me say some things? Or some of you don't even dare to look up the sound. <laughs> so, we will come to that at number 5. But before that, Sanjia uh, Ye we have uh, we have completed. Um, we have covered quite extensively the a good part of the Buddha's teaching. Yeah, for his forty five years revolved around this. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, mm, he he taught many other things also. Yeah. This is the one crucial part yeah, that sets uh, an unenlightened being apart from an enlightened being or an enlightened being apart from those who are just mere worldlings. So, um, Sakyatiti has little to do with whether you do charity yeah, uh, or rather when a person has uh, removed Sakya Diti, um, it has lesser to do with whether the person outwardly do charity or not. Yeah? Uh, but if, uh, if such a person were to do charity, uh, it would be quite different from uh, if a person with Sakya Diti do it as well. Yeah? And the distinction is there's no attachment to the act itself, yeah, to that I am the one doing it, or that you are receiving it. It doesn't mean that there's no one doing it and no one receiving it. Yeah, it's not that the, the enlightened one then suddenly get confused, you know. Yeah, after donating it, then the person, hey, come back, come back, your receipt. What receipt? Not my receipt. Yeah, no, it doesn't look that way as well. It is that they are not attached to it, or will not, as a result of that, um, of the identity of who donated, and then become uh, upset. Yeah. Like for example, let's say you donated uh, something to charity, 
And then when they flash on the screen, they wrote your name wrongly. The one time you donated one million dollars. Wow. Before that, you always donate just 900,000. <laughs> and then one day you decided, let me donate one million dollars. And then they get the name wrong. Granted, for many people, you know, even if they get their name wrong, you know, it doesn't matter. In fact, for many Buddhists, then we seek to be anonymous. Yeah? We even insist, don't put my name. In fact, when you insist not to put your name, that is attachment to the identity. <laughs> it's precisely because you have the identity view, then you have to say, don't put my name. Whose name? Your name. Yeah? If, if you don't identify at all, you don't care about what name they put anymore. You're okay. Yeah, you're okay. And the same goes to what I've been sharing on and off about taking focus. Yeah? Uh, if you are truly no self, if you have truly realized no self, then whether or not people take your photo, it's okay. Yeah. You will not shy away from group photos thinking, ah, Buddhism, we, we talk about no self. Wow, take so much photo for us. So much self, self, self. Yeah, selfie. <laughs> yeah. But if you truly uh, realize no self, then what self is it? That's being taken. Yeah. You wouldn't be attached to that as well. You may or not agree to taking the photo, but it will not be because of the self that you say yes or no. Yeah. Maybe there are occasions where you feel that the photo is inappropriate, yeah. but it has nothing to do with whether you are in or not, as in the, your face. Because you are not attached to that anymore. You know? Or maybe you may say that, yeah, let's take a photo. But it may not be because of, it is not because your face is inside as well, or somebody else's face is inside. Yeah? Not because you are attached to that for enlightened ones. Yeah? So on the surface, uh, an, an enlightened one may do things that appear just like ordinary person. Uh, it's the reasoning that uh, differs greatly. Uh, the reasoning that differs. <coughs> so, uh, number two, Bian uh, yeah. Also known as Bian yeah. So, uh, this is actually talking about the extreme views. Yeah, the extreme views. And extreme is always about two, the two sides. So let's take a look. Wei Ji Yu Bi, that Bi refers to Wu Jian. Sui Zi Duan Chang. So, Zhang Zhang Chu Zhong Xing, Ji. So, this is the opening verse. Uh, 
if you if you have uh, learned about the Bianxian, apparently you look at this, okay, you can have an idea of what it's talking about. Otherwise, it, it's almost like, eh, is the punctuation wrong? <laughs> okay, let's take a look at the, the subtext. Yu Qian Zi Wo Jian Zi Wo Yi. So, uh, beyond the attachment to the self, then, Sui Zu Wo Jian. So, uh, following the, the the attachment to the self, yeah, this this uh, identity view, then arise these extreme views. Yeah. Now, in a short while, we will find out why it's linked to the Sakya DP. Yeah. So, uh, So, these two extreme, So what is Duan and Chang? So arising these two extreme views, Duan is annihilistic. Yeah, annihilistic. Just write it down. Then Chang is eternalism. So Chang Jian and Duan Jian. So this is eternalism. Oh, sorry, you can't see it anywhere. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Yeah, so, Chang Jian and Duan Jian. Here they put Duan then Chang. So, Duan Jian. Yeah, so, Duan Jian broken. Uh, so, this is referring to annihilism. Yeah, or sometimes also known as nihilism. Yeah, nihilistic N I H I L I nihilism uh, L I S M So N I H I L I S M nihilism So uh, one thing you should know that is that uh, nihilism eternalism these are actually terms that came about uh, much later after the Buddha's time why? Because these are English words. And these are actually translations from some of the Greek, some of the French uh, uh, philosophers. Yeah? So, because Western philosophies, uh, philosophy developed uh, sometime later, although there was also Plato, yeah? Plato who was around the Buddha's time, then later Socrates, then uh, much more recent, uh, Descartes and all the rest. Uh, there was also Aristotle who is materialist view. So just to give that broad overview first. Yeah, so nihilism and eternalism. So what is nihilism? Nihilism asserts that um, I'm first explaining in the context of uh, the the Buddhist or, or the, not Buddhist uh, but in the Buddha's time. There are those who have this, uh, this view. Yeah. So what is the view of nihilism? It is that once you, uh, you die, there's there's basically nothing left. Yeah. Once you die, there's nothing left, and by extension, then uh, there's no connection to some past life, and hence the tuan. Yeah. That. Uh, some other life and this life, there's no connection. 
Yeah, there's no connection. Yeah, so uh, the the tuan, yeah, or disconnectedness comes from this, that only this life exists. Okay, so uh, this is known by the term nihilism. It is also known known by another term, materialism. Yeah, materialism. We know the term materialistic, yeah, uh, in our uh, society, yeah, and we usually refer to someone who is very into uh, wealth, into material comfort, uh, into buying things. Then we say, "Oh, so materialistic," yeah. But when we use that phrase, uh, some people, maybe many people, I don't know. But some people use it without the, the knowledge of its roots in philosophy. Yeah, in philosophy. So when we describe someone as being materialistic, um, we are just describing the behavior that the person seems to be very preoccupied with material things. Yeah. Uh, but this has its roots in materialism yeah, and analysis, which is that only the material world exists. Okay, only the material world exists. Yeah. So a person who have this notion that only the material world exists, that means then there's no, uh, and this is in the context of Western philosophy. Yeah? Then there's no soul, there's no afterlife. Okay, uh, and that's why, if that's the case, then. Uh, you have only one life, and in that case, uh, there's no further consequences beyond this life. Yeah. And so, one of the conclusion of that is then you should focus every all your effort on the material world. Uh, this is not a Buddhist school of thought. Okay, this is the materialistic view. Yeah. Okay, uh, it's different from what we, how we usually use the word materialistic. In Singapore, it's quite common to hear people say, "Ah, so you know, certain category of people are materialistic and so on and so forth." Uh, but it's a bit different from the, the usage found in philosophy, okay? Because while a person may be materialistic, but maybe the person also go to go to the temple to pray, no? Maybe also go to church to pray. Maybe go to to Hindu temple to pray, yeah. But we may call that person materialistic. Yeah. And the person may really be, you know, wanting a lot of material things. But go to Simalu, go and pray for material things. Yeah. And we also call such a person materialistic. So this is quite our normal usage is quite different from the philosophical usage of the term materialism. Okay. So over here, this uh nihilism, uh is strictly about how a person view that at the end of this life, then there is basically no more. Yeah. So each life is only se uh, separate by itself. Okay, there's no connection to some past life, no connection to some future life. Okay, so this is a general statement of Duan Jian. Yeah, uh, this is a very small paragraph. I've mentioned before about the one of the sutta where there are sixty-two different 
wrong views. Yeah? So in that 62 different wrong views, then you have combinations. There are those who is like Duan uh, uh, Then oh, I haven't talked about Chang Jian yet. Then there's Chang Jian. So you either have Duan or Chang. Then there are some with Yipan Duan, Yipan Chang. Let me explain later, okay? So what is Chang Jian? Eternalism. Eternalism is the concept that there is uh, an essence of ours that exists and persists uh, in all times. Okay? That means this essence have existed all the time and will continue to exist. Yeah. So, uh, so from, by extension of that, then from one line to the next is this essence that yeah, that is carried forward. Okay? Yeah, so uh, this is what we commonly in most religions call the soul. Or the soul. So, but in fact, in most religion, it is not purely uh, nihilism nor purely eternalism. Yeah. In many cases, it's half-half. Yeah. So, there are those that believe that uh, we have existed for a long time, yeah, but with the end of the life, then somehow we will just come to an end. So past life, yes, but after this life, then it will just end. Okay? So Ipan Chang, Ipan Tuan. Then there are those that believe, okay, uh, uh, your life just started. So there's no past life. So Ipan Tuan. But then it will last forever. Ipan Chang. Okay. Yeah, the pure eternalism is that your life has always existed. So any religion that has creation, then it's basically Ipan Chang, Ipan Tuan. Yeah, or the other Ipan Tuan, Ipan Chang. Yeah. But some religion, if you really go and delve into it, then they say that um, we have existed all the while. Uh, okay? If you go and look into Hinduism, there's a bit of that flavor, uh, that we have existed all the while. So, uh, so in Buddhism, we see that these two are extreme views. Uh, extreme because they, they veer from reality. Mm. So, let's take a look further. Yu zhe duan chang de bian jian jiu zhang jiu zhang le fei chang fei duan shuo yeah, so this Zhong Xing Dao Di is the middle way that the Buddha has stopped where it is not that there is no connection and not that there is a solid connection but there's a conditional connection okay there's a conditional connection yeah. so the Zhong Xing Dao Di is the middle way so, uh, the, uh, the practitioners in those days, uh, they, they are those who practice uh, extreme uh, asceticism. Yeah? So, uh, they have these various kind of views also. 
uh, they have all these various kind of views. So there are those who who believe that as long as you you just have to live your life out, then you'll just come to an end. Yeah. So this is actually a wrong view. Now, because this is Yogacara, we we are in a way we are not supposed to bring in uh, the the what do you call that? Uh, the Madhyamika school, uh, but let me bring it in. Uh. So in Madhyamika school, we say that uh, the nihilism and eternalism, these are uh, false view, wrong views. And why? Because if you say that there's no connection, uh, the assertion is false. And why? Because um, this current life didn't happen with no reasons. There are conditions that uh, precedes it that condition this life. Yeah. So it's through the conditions. But at the same time, um, you may then say, oh, then there is the soul. Yeah. But it's, then we say, no, but within the conditions, you know, you see no essence. Yeah. So that's the emptiness of this process. So while, the, while there is a process of conditionality, but there is no uh, eternal essence that is unchanging. Now, the, then we come into Yogacara. Uh, there is also a similar principle, which is that you cannot say that this life come about with no reason. Alaya consciousness is the root, uh, is the basis for your this life to arise. Uh, but then you may say, oh, so Allah consciousness is the self. And the answer is still no. Because Allah consciousness is ever-changing. It's not an eternal essence. Yeah. From moment to moment, it has changed. Yeah. So it's not, a, it's not a fixed entity as well. Yeah. So uh, in that way, then uh, the two extreme views of Nihilism and eternalism is refuted. Uh, but if we just look at this itself, um, the, there's something that we must uh, be aware of, which is what is the implication to our life? Yeah? So far, if in nihilism is wrong, so far, if eternalism is wrong, yeah? so what? So, as far as nihilism is concerned, um, because nihilism itself is is refuted, so um, we cannot simply say, "Oh, that's one life," and so we just so eat. You know, we don't have to care about the consequences. Yeah, uh, and we cannot say that things had happened uh, that our life uh, we are not responsible for the past or the future. There is that connection. Then, as far as the uh, eternalism is concerned, um, while there is this conditional sequence, there is still no fixed entity. Yeah? No fixed entity. So, because there is no fixed entity, your, your life, your role, uh, whatever you, however you exist, uh, is is dependent on the conditions, yeah. 
be it the karma con- karmic conditions or otherwise. So when there are no more conditions, then whatever rule that exists must cease. And if you can um, appreciate that, then a lot of our attachment and a lot of our problems arising from attachment will cease to exist. Take for example, before we even get to our next slide, yeah, ending of this slide, before we even get to that, we talk about this present life. Yeah. Even in this present life, the roles that we play, yeah, the roles that we play, the different uh, aspects of our life, they exist due to various uh, set of conditions. Some of it is is due to past karma, uh, as in past karma from past life. Some of it is due to past karma from this present life. Yeah. But a huge part of it is due to the current discriminating mind. Yeah. The present discriminating mind. So uh, if we recognize that and appreciate that, then we have to consider uh, the role that we have, let's say we are father, we are mother, yeah. if we truly subscribe to the teachings, yeah, we hear about the teachings, uh, then we reflect on the teachings, we understand the teachings, then we should appreciate that, yeah, as much as uh, maybe at a certain point, we are father and mother. At a certain point, we are daughter or son. At a certain point, we are uh, an executive, a professional or whatever. But as and when there is no such condition, then there's no more, no more roles to play. But if we hold on to that role and think, this is who I am, yeah, with the idea that there is this essence of who we are. But in fact, in Yogacara school, in Vadamika school, in the Shravaka school, the teachings, you cannot find such an essence. You cannot find uh, any support for such an es- essence to exist. No such essence that is permanent, everlasting. The only thing that is present from moment to moment is what? Is our attachment to it. And why does it continue to arise and form that attachment? Because we do not see with wisdom. Because we are stubborn. <laughs> it's not that we cannot let go. It's because, simply put, we are stubborn. And stubbornness is rooted in uh, the self, the ego. We want things our way. We want things our way. Nothing wrong with wanting things our way, uh, mind you. Otherwise, why bother setting up the visualizer? 
if you think about it, just this usage of the visualizer is wanting things our way. There's nothing wrong with wanting things our way. Otherwise, the Buddha wouldn't have spent three Asankhya Kappas cultivating. He first had the aspiration to attain enlightenment, to liberate you know, all sentient beings. Yeah. He wanted that way. He wanted that to happen. He put in the effort, but he cannot simply say, I want it now. <laughs> and then sit on the floor and try to Buddha Dipankara. I want it now. Of course, he will not do that. But the point is that it's not about whether uh, uh, it's not about that wanting things a certain way is wrong. It's that if you want things a certain way, even when there are no conditions and you insist, then there's a high chance that you're going to get upset. So, if there are we try to set it up. We put in the conditions, we put in the wire, we try different wire, still cannot. Then, okay, no, <laughs> put it aside. Lah. So, this is a very direct example of attachment or no attachment. Yeah? Some people will think, oh, no attachment, don't use it. Yeah? Well, if it's working, you can use it. Lah. But today, no conditions. Then, try. we still try our best because we cannot assume. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. For this, it's usually more apparent. But for our <clears throat> more personal aspect of our life, are not so apparent. Our friendship with others, our kinship within the family, yeah, the roles we play in the office, are not so apparent. I cannot and and I cannot emphasize enough. Uh, it doesn't matter what aspect of your life we are talking about. It is that if you have uh, been in that role for a long time, unless you're enlightened or your introspection is very high, yeah, your, your self-awareness that you know is is strong. Otherwise, it's very easy to get hooked onto it. And then after you are hooked onto it, over time, then you are so used to it, you are so used to that role, that later on, when that role is no longer working, you are you're left confused, you know. You are left sitting there like, what, what happened? How come my son don't talk to me like before? How come my daughter don't talk to me like before? How come my husband, my wife don't talk to me like before? Well, because it has been changing little by little, but you, we, we don't want to see it, you know. It doesn't mean that, oh, so in that case, as a Buddhist, we just let things rock. Lah. Yeah. You can see that certain way of communication with your family members, with your friends, is not working. But instead of changing, yeah, instead of adapting to, to the changes, we just, so be it. Uh, since it's impermanent anyway. But that is wrong as well. Uh. <laughs> yeah. That is wrong as well. Yeah. So there are those who after learning Buddhism and they take a very fatalistic view of relationships. Yeah. As in they they feel that well since it's gonna end anyway. 
why do I have to bother? Don't bother. Yeah. To me, if you are already in a relationship, unless you decide, okay, I want to do full-time cultivation, yeah, be it whether you want to ordain or you want to stay as a lay person and cultivate, then the attitude is different as well. Yeah. Then you should make it clear to your partner and say, well, now in my stand is this. Yeah, otherwise, if you are in a relationship or in a, with a family or something, then you should play your part. Yeah? Husband and wife should be loving. <laughs> you may think, eh, I thought it should be non-attachment, right? If you are so ready to be non-attached, then, then do it properly. Do it properly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so these are some of the implications. Yeah? These are some of the implications from the notions of nihilism and uh, eternalism. Or rather, the implications if you can overcome these two aspects. Yeah? Uh, but bearing in mind that in many cases, in our day-to-day -day life, uh, we we think and act uh, without consciously thinking, oh, I'm acting out of nihilism. I'm acting out of eternalism. We rarely act consciously in this way. Uh, so the first step is to the challenge, the first step of the challenge is to actually consider when you make a certain decision or say something, you just ask yourself, Hey, is, is, is this, can this be traced back to this wrong view? Yeah. Of course, it, for most of our actions, when you trace back, it can be traced back to Sakya Diti. <laughs> First and foremost, yeah, the, the, the identity view. Yeah, but how about these extreme views? Bian Jian. Because it's, this is not so obvious. The first one is obvious. second one is not so obvious. So the first step is to see, try to identify. Then, after that, can you when, uh, resolve it? Because otherwise, because it's not obvious, then it seems like eh, a lot of our actions is okay. A lot of our decisions, our mannerism and so on is okay. So, uh, number three, So, uh, in in Dharma talks, uh, if you listen to uh, parables from Taiwan, uh, if you hear this xiejian, erjian, uh, uh, quite quite commonly. Yeah. Uh, so this this word itself seems to be quite heavy. But it's actually found inside the sutras. So this is the uh, considered the evil views. Uh. So what is Xiejian? Wei Wei uh Bang Wei Wei Bang 
So, uh, this is quite heavy. Uh. Uh, basically, refuting causality, karma. Bang yin guo. Bang yin ji guo wu san e ye yin. Bang guo ji guo wu san e ye xing. So, this is the this uh, opening of the phrase of the explanation. So, bang yin guo. So, uh, it's basically uh, complete flat out denial. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, um, some would say that um, it's not just your, well, even if you just deny it on your own, yeah, uh, there's some problem also. That is worse if you proclaim your denial. Yeah. And then go and refute. When someone says there is karma and then a person go and refute and argue and then say no, you're wrong. We've got karma. Yeah. Why? Because when you do that, maybe somebody is on the fence. Then after hearing your convincing stand, you know, or your very aggressive, very Firm stand, then the person nah, should be correct. Nah. You see the other guy, the other guy say that there's karma, just keep quiet. No, no, no. Very, very firm, you know. Uh, that's how people are sweet, you know. And if you, if that person was sitting on the fence, then now hearing such a person, then become convinced that there's no causality. This is the start of a series of of wrong path, yeah. The whole path that leads to wrong speech, wrong uh, wrong bodily action, wrong speech and wrong uh, mindset. So uh, So the first part here is that there is no uh, uh, the so there's two parts. Huh? First part is that in terms of the cause, there's no wholesome or unwholesome. So when you do actions, uh, such a person say no, no, no good and bad. Then second part, uh, that means you, no matter what you do, no, uh, no results. But this no results part, there are two levels. Yeah? The first level is whatever you do doesn't affect the results. The other one is whatever you do produce some results, but it may not be congruent with oh you do good, you get pleasant results. Yeah. So you do produce some results, but may not be what you think, may not be happy results. Yeah? Let's say uh, Let's say in the Buddha's teaching, we say, uh, if you give to charity, if you help a person, then you have this and that results. Then such a person either say, no, produce no results, or it will not produce the result that is uh, pleasant. Yeah. So on these two levels, there's this refutation, yeah, this denial, that there are consequences. Okay. Similarly, if a person were to do evil and wholesome deeds, 
then uh, another person look at it and say, no, if you kill things, no results, don't worry, you can kill all you want. Yeah. Uh, that's, of course, for, for Buddhists hearing it, wow, all the eyes pop up. Uh. This is the wrong view, okay? This is the wrong view. For the records, this is the wrong view. You know how sometimes when people listen to talks, right? They listen halfway, then they daydreaming. Then suddenly they pay attention, then they only pay attention to this part. Yeah, Whatever you do, no result. <laughs> so, whether, so then again, there's these two levels of refutation, which is uh, if you do something that is harmful, first of all, there are no results. Secondly, even if there are results, there's no painful results. Yeah. So this is also a wrong view. Okay. So, 棒作用是棒无此事他是无父无母的恩德即人认识相续生长的作用。So, uh, let's go through it segment by segment. So, 棒作用 so, uh, by when we say denial, yeah, denial of the uh, causality is first of all uh, the denial of the what is the the word "pang" actually commonly translated as um, so the "pang" "pang" slander, yeah, something like slander, yeah, but the gist of it is that it is a flat out denial. Yeah, refuting this. Yeah. So here, Bang Wu So this is about saying that uh, you know earlier we talked about the nihilistic view. Yeah. Uh, but here is talking about how after whatever you have done in this life, it doesn't produce results in the next. Okay. Second, uh Wu this is quite odd for for our society, yeah. To consider as though, uh, no, I my whatever I exist, nothing to do with you, nothing to do with the parents, yeah. And then further, uh, to ignore the the uh, functionality, yeah, the of the parents bringing up the children. So, uh, in this world, there are two things to highlight about the parents. One, there are some parents who really don't care about the children. Yeah, after giving birth, then uh, now before you all start feeling very personal, uh, this is just a general statement. Um, so there are those who, because of work, because of whatever. Then let the ama take care, let the auntie take care, whoever to take care. Yeah. And there are some who even just give birth. The worst case is give birth then just put it by the roadside. Yeah. So such things do happen. Okay? Such things do happen. So uh, but barring that, parents play a very crucial role in the development of the person. And even if you ignore the 
even if you consider not enough, consider that for the cases where parents don't bring up the child, yeah, but the, the parent did contribute to your arising in this world, even if it's just the first part. Yeah. So just for that part, deserve our gratitude nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, then there's the second part, which is having received nourishment, received uh, care, love, and so on. Then there are those children who turn around and despise the parents. Sadly, there are, there are, there are those who are like that. You know? Uh, have you ever heard of people who are like that? There are, isn't it? So, if we are in such a situation, what can we do? Meaning that if your if your children are really like you know just for whatever reason, maybe it's a misunderstanding, or maybe it's just a person. Yeah. Now I'm not suggesting that you just running, you know. But at some point you have to ask yourself, you you can and should do what you you are able to to clarify any misunderstanding there is. So that you can have a healthy and loving relationship. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's the parents who, you know, let's say have two children, have six children, have how many children. And parents, are, are, do parents play favorites? Say yes. Cannot be proud, you know. It's a matter of the degree. Yeah, I mean, touch your young singer, whatever it is. Uh. <laughs> we are unenlightened. We must, we must admit that. Being unenlightened, you cannot be. It's very difficult to be hundred percent equal to all of uh, your children. Yeah, cannot. It's very difficult. You, it is very noble if you actually even put in the effort to try. Yeah. Then there are those who don't even bother trying. <laughs> so the question is, if let's say you are the parent and your child somehow got a boyen, you know, no no positive connection with you. No matter how hard you try and you know, uh, show your care, your love, or whatever, nothing works. All believers, no matter how you try to be filial to your parents, just. You, you buy whatever they like to eat, then they criticize. Where do you buy this? Ah, that store. You know that your brother or your sister knows which store. You stupid, uh, you always buy this. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard, no, not these exact words, la, but I've heard. So the question is, if you encounter someone who is like that, yeah, you can try it. But don't spend your whole life trying, la, really. Really, don't, don't, don't. I mean, Unless you say, oh, I, I want to be a Bodhisattva this life, I want to... Then don't complain. Huh? <laughs> the moment you complain, then you should be honest with yourself. It means that you are not a Bodhisattva. Then it's still your choice to, to live a miserable life and suffer. But don't then, then don't 10 years later say that life is unfair to you. 
No, it's fair. You can always choose to stop this cycle. To say, well, if you... It's okay, they build, you know. <laughs> I've been... I've done what I can. Yeah, but if you insist on that, then fine. You can live your life. I can live my life. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. If there's one thing I, I learned when I was in my 20s, is that you cannot please everyone. Doesn't mean that you don't try. You should still try it. If you don't ever try to please anyone, you're a jerk. <laughs> but if you try and try and try too hard, then you are, I don't know what to call that. Then you are, you're torturing yourself, you know. So whether you are the child or the parent, you have to ask yourself, have you tried hard enough? And by hard enough, don't tell me that you want to try your whole life, okay? Yeah. Remember, not everybody, given the current conditions, uh, not everybody will like you. Not everybody will appreciate what you do. Yeah. So the question is, each of us have 24 hours. Yeah. You take away your sleeping time, you take away your work time, you're left with maybe between four to six hours of your own personal time. Yeah. Four to six is high, already on the high side. Uh. Most people have less than four. You have to ask yourself, four out of 24 hours, I'll give you six, uh, 25% of your life left. You know? If only 25% of your life left, do you want to spend that foolhardy, you know, trying day after day? At some point, you've got to cut the losses. In economics, there's something called sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Because after putting in some time, you feel like, hey, I already devoted so much time. If I now pull out, then I waste all my time. Then you spend one more year. Then it becomes N plus one year. Then after a while, after N number of years, it becomes N plus N years. Then it becomes even worse. Then you'll never get out. And until you are 60 years old, you retire, and you look back, then you become a grumpy old man or old woman. Full of resentful. Uh, full of resentment. Yeah. And, the, and the, the sad thing is, over years, over the years, you know what happened? You know what happened when you, you spend all your time fixated to try to please someone and not get anything? You end up pushing away many other individuals around you who actually care for you. And you miss out on all those wholesome, beautiful relationships you can have, friendships that you can have. It is like, although we are talking about parent-child relationship, but it's just like, you know, San <laughs> Or, or you know unre unrequited love yeah you like that person you try and try and try but the person what can you do oh, it's not that the person purposely works for you know I want you to suffer no no feeling means no feeling <laughs> wait try again next slide la. and so the same principle goes for parent child goes for friendship as well I, I sort of realized part of this when I was in my 20s. Yeah. 
I cannot tell you how liberating it is. Yeah, because when you are young, you are told, oh, must be friendly. I try so hard to please people. You know. But don't go to the extreme, huh? and then become a jerk. So, um, I often want to highlight that so while there is the long-term karmic consequences, what I'm illustrating here is <clears throat> that there are already implications in this life. You don't need to even consider about future life to, to even consider how to respond to all this yeah, many times. Okay? So, So, um, Maybe I should uh, get back to the context a bit. Uh, because here it men- mentions Ufu Umu. Yeah, so this is uh, in the context of the text yeah, within this series, that is a bit away from what I just mentioned, but what I mentioned still apply. Uh, it is the four kinds of existence. Yeah. Uh the Kaisen, Ransen, Sisen, Hua Sen. So, based on the subsequent one, Ji Wu Hua Shen Yu Qing Den. Yeah, so it's actually refuting that there are all the different kinds of existence yeah, that come about after dying, that there are different ways of uh, arising. Okay. But of course, the first, the first one that is listed, Wu Fu Mu, is quite strange uh, because. Uh, for human beings, how can you refute that? You, you, are, you are not from a stone, right? <laughs> yeah, you are not picked up from a rubbish bin. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this this wrong view, huh? Kuo, Kuo also Kuo also born by somebody. Right? So this Ufu Umu, no father or mother, is not about Kuo, uh, by the way. It's the re- is about denying that there is such an ex- a state of existence. Fumu is Tyson. Uh, your Fumu is Tyson. Uh, so this is refuting Tyson. Uh, then the next one is Huasen. Wu Huasen Yosin. So it's refuting all the different four forms of existence. Okay. Ji. So this is this bracket part is uh, including the intermediate stage. Uh, uh, but having said that, while this sub commentary mentioned this, uh, the uh, in Buddhism as a whole we are not unanimous about the intermediate stage. Yeah. In some schools, there's assertion of the intermediate stage. In some schools, uh, there is no mention of intermediate stage. Yeah. In fact, some schools explicitly says no intermediate stage. Now, for myself, I always come back to this question. Whether you subscribe to this view or not, how does it, that affect your cultivation? How does that affect your cultivation? For most of us, the presence of the intermediate stage doesn't really matter, really. Yeah. 
because uh, if you if you don't take care of your mind in your day to day ongoings you worry about intermediate stage <laughs> too late uh. you know it's too late uh, some uh, some of you may be familiar with the Bardo teachings how many of you have heard of Bardo uh, the, uh, the, the Tibetan book of death uh, have you heard of it yeah. so in that text it talks about the seven weeks through which every single day they describe that you will see certain lights and, and that you should veer towards the, the deep white light yeah, other colors uh, to try to avoid and certain colors Taiwan must avoid because certain colors are towards the lower realms yeah. so um, the thing is in this present life while we are alive and kicking and awake uh, first of all are you aware of your own thoughts all the time not all the time isn't it so okay then are we aware of our impulses yeah also not all the time are we aware of our own preferences before we act on them that's the key thing eh? before you act on them when we sit down and we talk about preferences everybody can talk about it but most people are not aware of ourselves acting on our preferences as it happens so if we are not aware of all this then um, it's virtually impossible that if a person with the mind untrained should suddenly oh after dying during the seven weeks bado blue light or not let's say red light not the red light district <laughs> or some light that is, you're not supposed to go hmm this one no oh that one okay go 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 <laughs> very unlikely yeah, very unlikely I mean to begin with when we meditate it's supposed to recollect the breath yeah. anapana sati yeah. recollect the breath bring the mind back to the breath even just doing this yeah, for, for one minute our mind will go how many times over the place yeah. so the, when we observe the breath the breath is just a placeholder for the mind to anchor now if you cannot even anchor on this then let's say now now imagine we are not in Badu stage okay and then all the thoughts that come up into your mind are the different lights so all the day-to-day -day things that happen yeah, you, you definitely get sucked into it and then if you are lucky uh, the thing that occur was oh you saw Sifu's posting today uh, then you reminded of the wholesome things you did or you saw some uh, birdie post on Facebook uh, wow. talk about some discussion then you laugh or whatever then you can join here then after that remember uh, somebody else posted some repurchase 
uh, writing, Dalai Lama said something, oh, then you, uh, most of us are just drifting around. So, in my opinion, um, the Bado practice is a skillful way to get us to recognize that our, we need to start practicing now. Uh, to learn how to master our mind. Yes. Uh, this is not sidetrack. Uh, wait, what, what do you mean? Does it help? Tra- it's not traditional or not traditional. The Zhu Nian. So, uh, the Zhu Nian depends if you if you consider the the sutra itself. In the sutra, Zhu Nian is before the person has died. Yeah. Ling Ling Zhong Si. Then there's San Zhi Si. It's not Wang Sen Ho. Yeah. I mean, just citing Sutta, according to Sutta, Sutta right, it is uh, before Wang Sen. Wang Sen is Wang Sen. Right? So, um, the, the basis is that uh, for, for those who for those who have not uh, taken taken river, who who are those who after dying, instant river, very very sweet river, those who have done uh, heavy positive or heavy negative karma, yeah. the heavy ones, wow, you devoted your whole life to helping people, every single moment, you. Have Turn around, you see something, why you want to help. Always cultivating this mindset, for example. Then as a result, we born in without and 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 without other uh, harmful karma that is ripening. Then upon death, before death, we start to see the visions of the heavenly realms, the, the beings come and uh, collect you uh, <laughs> and welcome you. So by the time you quiet, quiet, then oh, already yeah. Once you uh, uh, okay, then already gone. Then you already there. <laughs> Go for orientation, you know. Yeah. So meanwhile, down here, uh, okay, that, no, no, no crying, ah. Uh. Yeah. For those who are of this category. By the time you set up the altar and everything, already going through orientation somewhere else already. <laughs> then those who are reborn in the in hell, or those those let's say the, the lower realms, uh, hell, uh, those is also spontaneous. Yeah, uh, hell realm, very quickly. You need to have heavy karma to go. Yeah. So if it's a is if it's hell realm, then by the time you set up, mostly already down there reporting and uh, uh, or something, you know, uh, uh, don't you don't need no, don't need you to chant Kisan Busa. Kisan Busa is talking to you, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. So uh, the the chanting for the most part uh, 
helps those who are in the gold trail. Yeah. Or those who have not taken rebirth. Yeah. Uh, the heavy karma. Uh, yeah. And that's why if you consider Jiu Ting Wang Sen, Xia Ting Xia Sen, Wu Ni Xian Zui, Wu Ni Xian Zui, Eh, Sir Fu, Jie Man, Jiu Tong Ma Dei, Xia Ting Xia Sen, there are nine, uh, nine classes of rebirth for Pure Land. The, the lower, lower class, yeah, lower, lower class, class number nine, uh, are those who have committed the the five hindu states. So that is worse, you know, bound for Abuchi hell. Uh, so, but in the Sutta it says, such, even for such a person, if before you pass away, before you pass away, ah, wholesome, your Kalena Mitra, your uh, good spiritual friend, come and remind you of the Buddha Dharma Sangha. And when he tries to remind you, you are able to be reminded. Then such a person, instead of connecting with the Abhichi Hell Karma, connect with the aspiration he has made. Then can get reborn there. But such a person, because of the heavy karma, reborn there, then at the PNP, outside in the cocoon, <laughs> in the lotus flower, yeah, uh, holding area. Don't know hold for how many jie, how many kamba, yeah? waiting for, uh, yeah. So then after don't know how many jie, how many kappa, then shh, uh, you don't immediately get to see the uh, Sifang sunset also. You see some of the other pusa. Come like, okay, come like, yeah. <laughs> then you see, you see uh, some other, uh, maybe also attending this class, but eh, eh, come up with them bigger than you or something. Or them, or them walking past and you, then you, eh, want to follow this? No, 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 that, one, that class not for you. <laughs> eh, why discrimination even in pure life? Not discrimination, you cannot understand. <laughs> what can I understand? Because you, you, you don't listen in your class. <laughs> uh, if you go and read the sutra, it is more or less saying this. Yeah, those who with the lower faculty and the reborn under the lower class, when you are reborn there, you will not listen to the Buddha fifth teachings immediately. Yeah, you will not understand anyway. So you have to listen to other teachings for many how many jie, how many kappa. Then after that you get to attend the one that is given by the Buddha. Yeah, so classes like this is for you to buke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so that's the that's the in brief uh, okay uh, so mm, so this is the thing about the the intermediate stage uh, okay so tang oh I wrote something there tang tang shi shi ji fou ren shi jian you zhen alohan den yeah, so you hear, see here, then, 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 uh, so etc. So uh, the the refutation of reality, yeah, something that is real, the person say no, it's not true, yeah, and including up to the denial, 
that there are real arahants. If you say that you don't know that there is arahant or not, that is not the same. Huh? Yeah. You say that you don't know whether there's arahant, really well, you, you currently haven't reached that stage to know. But you you don't know, then you say, no, there's no arahant. Ah, that's different. First of all, you different thing. Okay. So, 除以上所说, yeah, so besides the above, yeah, that is all mostly related to uh, causality, cause and effect, then Wujian yes, thank you. So uh, what does this mean? So number three is this evil view. Yeah. Number one is Sakya Diti. Number two is the extreme views. Number four and five we have not gone through. So one, two, four, five. Anything that is not within one, two, four, five is under number three. Yeah. So number three, this category of the uh, evil views is all encompassing. Yeah. yeah all encompassing. Yeah. It it focuses on the refutation of the truth, yeah, uh, namely causality, uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah, but anything else that is not included in one, two, four, five is classed under number three. Okay. So again, you can go and do this exercise. Yeah, you go through number one, you go through number two, then you go through number four and number five. Then after you check number three again, yeah, is it a, a flat out denial of the truth? Uh, are we living in denial? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> these days it's quite common uh, for people to live in denial. Yeah. It's uh why do people deny things? Yeah, or rather, why do people live in denial? Uh, I suspect the first time a person denies something, it could be because uh, if we were to readily um, like agree to something, then it may make us look bad. So it is it is a consideration of the self again. Or we may lose some benefits. So then this is about the, the benefits to the self. Yeah. Or it can be loss of some material uh, gains. Then it is possession of the self. Yeah. The self is the root of a lot of the majority, if not all our problems. So Initially, it may start off in this way. Or, yeah, so this is more about the, this self part. Or it could be that the denial comes about squarely due to uh, ignorance or delusion. Yeah. That means the person, when the person denies something, the person genuinely really think that way. 
but just because you generally think that it is this way or that way doesn't make it right. Uh. If it's wrong, it's still wrong. Uh, then indirectly, from ignorance to delusion is actually tainted by the ego conceit. Because if you have not so much conceit, you will not insist that your ignorance is correct. Delusion is basically insisting that your ignorant view is correct. You don't see it, you see wrongly, and you still feel that your wrong view is correct. And then we call that deluded delusion. Yeah. So, in a very interesting way, all this come together, you know, intertwine, tie you up. Until you cannot move. And feel like the only thing you can do is deny it. And if you were to do this often enough, then it becomes a habit. And when we say habit, it's not simply just our usual notion of a habit. But it becomes so ingrained, it becomes somewhat like second nature. Yeah, like second nature. And it becomes so strong that it becomes a view. Yeah. In Buddhism, when we talk about a view, it's not just an opinion, just a moment thought. Yeah. It is when it's so deeply ingrained that you have this mindset. So, ah. number four, uh, so, when we have uh, developed to this point, then it's called jian qi. Yeah, jian qi. Attachment, grasping of views. Yeah. Zhi is, is uh, usually translated as attachment, then qi is uh, grasping. So let's take a look. Wei Yu Zhu Jian, Ji Suo Yi Yun, Chi Wei Zui Shen, Nen De Qing Jing, Yi Qie Dou Zhen Suo Yi Wei Ye. So this is the opening verse. Let's take a look. So 呃,就是于身边斜等一切二见,即二见直为最胜。So, uh, uh, so this is like a, like a summary or so, or this is like a, uh, an overview. Yeah. So this is about grasping onto views. The first, the first few, uh, the first three are about views. This is about uh, grasping onto views. Uh, uh, having views and then here, grasping onto it. And because of this grasping, then uh, you identify to this view with as yours. Yeah. You identify to it and say, this is my view. And this is my view is more superior, is correct. Your view is wrong. Only when this happens, will people quarrel and fight. 
Now, bear in mind, there's a difference between do, having clarification and quarreling. So, most Buddhists, uh, I, I flog the dead horse until it's cremated, then I take out the ash and I flog it again. Uh. <laughs> so, many Buddhists in Singapore, we have this attitude. Don't argue, don't argue. Whatever they want to say, let them say. Uh, again, I must again highlight. There's a difference between being attached to the view and as a result, creating conflict versus clarifying the views. There's nothing wrong with clarification of views. Yeah? Of course, if you have clarified once and the person's response is not ideal, the person is unreasonable, the person is obstinate, the person, in so many ways that you have clarified, the person just ignore what you say and just insist on their views. The person will not engage you in a, a proper discussion back and forth. You ask A, the person talk about X. You ask B, the person talk about Y, uh, behaving like a water snake. Yeah. Uh, this is described by the Buddha. Then you should consider having had one such occurrences two such occurrences, three such occurrences, should you still continue? Uh, then maybe you should really just keep quiet. Uh, but you shouldn't at the first get-go keep quiet. Okay? So, um, so here, um, when we say that our view is more superior, it's not talking about some trivial view about, oh, how to go to Buddhist library? Should I turn left at Lorong 30, 30, 35 or should I turn at 37 or what? It's not about such trivial matters. It's about the matter of life and death. It's about views relating to reality. Okay? So, now such a person dress on to all those wrong views such as Shenjian, Bianjian, Xiejian, all the different wrong views. Okay, that we have gone through. That's the Sakya Viti, identity of the, uh, the, the, the identity view, uh, then the extreme views, and then the wrong views, etc. And then consider this to be more superior. Yeah, or more superior. <clears throat> and then, Ren Wei Si Nen De Nie Pan Qing Jing Fa De Ying. So, not just thinking that it's more superior, but it's more superior. And to think that, oh, my view, this view can actually get us enlightened. And especially it is a wrong view, and you think that it, it, it can get you enlightened. In other words, taking wrong view as right view. This is over here considered as uh, grasping onto views. This is a very important clarification because for some people, when they learn that oh, grasping onto views is wrong, then they throw away all all viewpoints, even right view throw away. Even the Buddha's teaching also throw down the grid. No grasping, huh? <laughs> no grasping, or rather grasping onto views, is not the same as you know asserting right view, yeah, or learning right view. Okay. 
So, use a tool to find out the correct pronunciation. Everything is determined in the pronunciation. So, this is quite self-explanatory. It is precisely because uh, we different people hold on to their own wrong views, and because wrong views can be all over the place, yeah, uh, views that truly point in the same direction will not be in conflict. Yeah, will not be in conflict. But if you grasp onto those views and consider your views to be the superior one, then everybody with different views, differing views. Each one saying that mine is more superior. Then of course there will be conflict. Be it two person, three person, or more. So that's why this grasping onto views is considered the dependent, the support for conflict to arise. In one of the sutta in Anguttara Nikaya, the Buddha says, "What do people quarrel over?" How does conflict arise? The Buddha said that uh, the Brahmins and the lay people they they have conflict over uh, sensual pleasure. Yeah. Uh, I think even the the Shatriya, even the warriors, yeah, they ultimately is over possessions. It says ascetics. Ascetics they have conflict over views. When I read that, I was like, "Yeah, quite true." <laughs> when is the last time I had a quarrel with someone? Yeah, over differences in <laughs> yeah in our understanding of the Dharma. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah, think about you. So you can think about think about it. When is the last time you quarrel? In fact, Singaporeans are really like ascetics, you know. Huh? Yeah, Singaporeans are like ascetics. We, because we materially we are quite okay with it. Yeah, either we are quite okay or we are quite easy with material things. But we are not so easy when it comes to our viewpoints. So in a ways, in some ways, we are like. All Singaporeans are like philosophers and ascetics. <laughs> we are very attached to our view, our viewpoint. Yeah. <laughs> when I was young, my father told me this saying: "Sulang mai sultin." What does it mean? Sulang mai sultin. Means means ah. Is it correct? So, with losing to people, you can lose to people, but you cannot lose tin. What is tin? Actually, I I heard this. So what is the intended meaning? Ah, 
And but the, the intended meaning seems to be about that. That not to lose the face. Yeah. So the other thing that we are Singaporeans are quite attached to is the face. Yeah. Uh, but talking about face, when I was much younger, a phrase that I hit here my parents or my uncle, auntie. <laughs> this this person is inside my phone, but I've not seen this person for a long time. Eh? Oh, is it about? Can I answer? Really, uh? Hello? Uh huh. Hi. Ah, okay. Uh, I'm Yeah, Okay, okay, bye-bye. Okay. Making a rage, let us call something. So, so there's this phrase called Bo-ti-sik. You know what is Bo-ti-sik? Uh, so I remember last time you know like if you, if someone say another person oh it's quite an insult yeah you can say that the person is poor ugly whatever nobody can wow, but if you say it's like wow how can you see that <laughs> yeah so people somehow although people in the past are not so uh, educated, but they they barely being knowledgeable. You know, yeah. If, if you're not rich, nobody will look down on you. But if you're not knowledgeable, or you are ill-informed, so to speak, yeah. But in a way, it's still a form of attachment. Yeah. So the question is: attachment to physical, material things, or views, or knowledge. Yeah, all these are still. Still attachment, but of course in society we say that some attachments are more inferior than others. Like if you are attached to material things, but sadly to sad to say, today when you look at newspaper, do they ever have a, a I mean, every time you see it in the papers they say oh, this award that award is always awarding those who are very good in acquiring material things, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, all the awards is about material things. The best thing is every year there is the uh, Os- Oscar. What is Oscar for? Movie, right? Oscar, then uh, Grammy, Grammy, Emmy Award is for his music. Then how about Grammy Award? Also for. Oh, okay. So Oscar, huh? the, oh, the, the guy, right? The golden man. Huh? So you think about it, those awards, what does it, what does it celebrate? It celebrates how well the person lied. <laughs> right? I mean, you think about it, what is acting? So <laughs> you So you This is the state of our society now. 
Yeah, that these are the individuals that we consider them roll out red carpet for them to walk and when they stand there the air reach all the world man. so uh, so what is susan? Susan is uh, uh, it means is actually quite uh, superior, very very excellent, excellent and superior. So uh,则是呃，而不即为是能得涅盘清净法的因，则是邪见，而非见取所设。啊，so uh, here uh, this this one needs a bit of framing, okay? So Rodzi So those that is none uh, uh none wrong views, that means right views, okay? Uh Nandanyepan So if right view Right view, rightly speaking, can attain, help us attain uh, enlightenment, nirvana. But we don't consider it to be that. Yeah, we, we say that, oh, it's quite okay, but not, no, we cannot attain enlightenment with that. Uh, that is considered xiejian. That is considered to be uh, uh, evil view. It's not a grasping onto view. Fei. Uh, is not classed under grasping onto view. It's basically having a, an evil view already. So of course over here it, it, it didn't really go into uh, the consequences of uh, wrong views. Huh? But in the various other sutras, as I mentioned before, having wrong views, the result is hell or, or the lower realms. Yeah, hell or lower realms. Ying zhi zhi yi qie er jian ji juan shu juan shu fa wei zui shen wei zi zhen shi yu zhe xu wang so here this is talking about what is the feature yeah uh, we've been talking about this uh, grasping onto view but what is the overall feature what is this feature the feature is that the attachment attachment to all the uh, wrong views yeah and its related uh, teachings uh, as most superior if you have this kind of mindset yeah and think that it is uh, pure yeah, think that all these wrong views are actually pure uh, this is the feature of grasping onto views grasping onto views yeah, so grasping onto views is about grasping onto wrong views 
especially in the Heart Sutra class, sometimes students will consider, oh, so ultimately we have to let go, cannot be attached to things. So uh, the first thing that Buddhists like to let go is the Dharma. <laughs> yeah. First thing we Buddhists like to let go is the teachings, the right view. Sufu, not attachment, ma. I'm not attached to the Dharma. Okay, number five. This is the last one of this series on uh, wrong views. Yeah. So also known as yeah. So uh, translated in English, usually uh, grasping onto uh, the, the the wrong practices or the rites and rituals okay grasping on to rites and rituals or grasping on to wrong practices so let's take a look let me read your uh, don't if I need help, I will tell you. <laughs> because you all keep cutting in, uh, I cannot read. Uh. <laughs> I mean, some words I really cannot read, I will ask you. Ji so yi yun, zi wei zui shen, nan de qing jing, wu li qing ku, so yi wei ye. So this, ji yi jing shi jian, last time when I first learned it, it was in secondary school during the RK class yeah, because it is part of the set of teachings. Uh. Yeah, so let's take a look. So, Ji Shi Dui Yu Yi Sui Zhu Jian De Shou Shi De Jie Jing. So, this Jie, one Jie, one Jing. Jie means to cut off. Yeah. Then Jing means to stop. Yeah, to Prohibit. So there are different kind of practices that tells us, oh, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. Yeah. And in some cases, uh, you must do this or you must do that. Mm. So what is this? So here, usually it refers to your relatives, uh, but here it's not relative, okay? Yeah. Uh, here is actually the the early one also talk about Quan Shu. Here also talk about Quan Shu. Mm. Uh, it's actually talking about the related practices, or all the related practices. So you you have this mindset, yeah, thinking that uh, all the different practices that you have undertaken, uh, and the the related uh, corresponding uh, practices, yeah, including this this uh, five aggregates and so on, yeah, all these can help you attain uh, the, the 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 pure uh, nirvana element. Yeah, in other words, attain enlightenment. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is known as 
the attachment uh, or the grasping onto uh, precepts or uh, rites and rituals. Now, what is not obvious here is uh, it is actually specific to those practices that are fruitless. Yeah. Key thing is that it is fruitless. Uh, so, actually, there's one line here that hints, that points to that, which is in the original one. Yeah. Uli chinku so yi but we haven't come to that yet. So let's take a look. Xing jie chen wei jie. So why is xing jie? Please do not think that this is about sexual precepts, okay? This is talking about the category of precepts. Yeah, it's con- there's, there's a category called xing jie. So uh, it is considered uh, to, be, to be abstained. Yeah? By nature. Why? Because they are harmful by nature. So, what are the Xing uh, The first, the four, this is known as the Xing That means these actions are harmful by nature. So, they are to be abstained by nature. Yeah, you should abstain from them. So, Xing Jie Chen Wei Jie. So, this category of uh, precepts is simply known as precepts. Yeah. Then, Zhe Jie. Zhe Jie. Zhe Jie Chen Wei Jing. So, Zhe uh, so Jie. So, uh, the, there's a meaning of Zhi Zhi. Oh, uh, but, uh, It is. Uh, it has the uh, a, a bit of the supporting element. Uh. Let's take a look. Why Dao Ye Shou Chi Yuan Li Sha Dao Ying Den. So it's the Sha Dao Ying Wang Zhou. The first four is considered harmful by nature. Number five is considered uh, uh, Zhe Jie. Is considered not harmful by nature, uh, but is supportive by nature. Yeah, if you do it, it supports the breaking, the, the harmful activities. Yeah, it is direct by itself, not harmful. Yeah, uh, not directly harmful to others, harmful to yourself actually. Yeah. So in many of the suttas, there is mention of the four first four precepts, without mentioning about number five. Uh, without mentioning number five. So uh, number five is included. Primarily because after drinking, you may break the first four. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it conduces to the uh, lack of clarity in the mind. Yeah. So here it says, those who are not Buddhist practitioners, not practicing the Dharma, not so much Buddhist actually, or not Buddhist. It's about those who are not practicing the Dharma. Wai yeah, Tao is referring to those who are practicing something outside of the Dharma. Yeah, yeah, so they also observe this uh, uh, abstaining from killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, etc. So 
or Bafa. So have you all have you all tried doing this? Pulling your own hair? Like every month you grow your hair, then after that, after six months, wow, your hair is very long. You don't go to the barber, you pull your hair. So, yeah. so in the Buddha's time, there are such practitioners as it is. In fact, in fact, uh, even today in India, there are such practices. Yeah. Now we have YouTube. Later, I'll search and show you. <laughs> Yeah. So what else? So yeah. So uh, they, they besides that, yeah, uh, besides the practices on abstaining, yeah, uh, with regards to directly harmful actions, uh, then they have additional practices that is supportive. Yeah. So some of them believe that pulling the head is supportive. Some of them, uh, like when the Buddha was practicing for six years, they have certain practices yeah, where they stand on one leg for hours. Yeah, they hold their breath for hours. They breathe out and don't breathe in. I don't know how it's possible for hours. Huh? <laughs> they should get break damage already. Maybe not for hours. Yeah. Then they sleep on the the, the, the top, bit of thorns, yeah, rough surfaces to produce pain. Uh, they 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 go naked. Yeah. Now in India, uh, you search online naked ascetic. Yeah, you can still find them. Yeah. yeah. That the mat matted hair ascetic. Yeah. So the hair they grow very long and they don't wash it. Then they take the mud and kick it. You search internet, you can see all this. So they have all kinds of practices, including so new So new So I may have mentioned before. So these two, they live like dogs and yeah, I mentioned, I think, just recently, right? Yeah. So they do this because the, um, the, the, the earlier predecessor, they saw that ah, one, but one cow after dying, get reborn in the heaven. Yeah. Dog after dying, get reborn. So they think, mm, living in this way is helpful. Yeah. So this is a considered uh, a wrong view and they are grasping on to the practices that are actually fruit, fruitless. Yeah, fruitless. So, yeah, so it doesn't produce any real welfare or benefit. Okay? Uh, in the process, you undergo a lot of suffering from nothing. In So 
if you want to 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 think that uh, uh, all these practices yeah is actually more superior it is pure and it can lead to enlightenment if you have this kind of mindset uh, this is the feature of grasping onto the rites and rituals and practices that are wrong and fruitless so for this one you should consider uh, in the past how many years recently in the past few years I haven't had this conversation but in the past uh, I often ask people this question what kind of practices do you do I must admit, uh, I copied my late ordination teacher. <laughs> yeah, because I was, uh, I see how every time he meet some devotees, he will ask them, "We share photos, you yeah. How long have you been uh, learning the Dharma? Uh, uh, how else? How else? How else? How else? How else? How what are the, how long have you been learning Buddhism or learning the Dharma? What kind of practices do you do? What sutra or what commentaries are you currently learning? So, uh, recently, not so recent, yeah, maybe a few, quite a few years ago, I, I asked people this question. Then sometimes they will tell me that they meditate, sometimes they will tell me that they chant Buddha's name, Sometimes they'll say that they do Pai Chan and so on. Then I ask them, uh, when you get angry, how does your practice help you? Uh, I ask them this question. Uh, quite an awkward question. Uh, but I ask people this question. So, for many of them, they they actually don't really have a they don't really have a clear answer. For many of them, no matter what practices they do, be it chanting of the Buddha's name, chanting of mantra, uh, chanting of sutra, uh, doing repentance puja, or even meditation, some of them even when if they do meditation, they have no idea how their practice of meditation help them overcome anger. They only think they have this mindset. Oh, I do this practice and somehow I will not get angry. Or I do this practice and somehow people will not make me angry. Yeah. So this is the usual mindset so far. I don't know about the whole world, but the, the, those groups and individuals I've talked to, this is the feedback I get. So when they and sometimes they are not even clear the, about the link. So then I understand. Well, if you if there's no link, then why are you doing this practice? There must be a, a direct link or an indirect link. If there's no link, then you are really just doing and hoping for the best. It's like you know when you go to let's say Wisma Atria last time and then. Uh, I remember one time, long time ago, when I was a baby in primary school, 
then we were there and it was Christmas and then we bought some things. Then after that, the, the, the lady said, oh, you can actually have a wish upon uh, the, the star, um, like lucky draw, you know. So then, wow, oh, give us a card and then even say, draw the, the thing you want. Wow, oh, I really take it seriously. Wow, oh, draw a Lego box or what? Draw up here, draw that. <laughs> then after that, then at first, I mean, now that I think about it, the person was probably quite impatient. Oh, now I think we so if we were to do our practices without knowing the link, it's basically like that, hoping. It's a nice, it makes us feel good, like, hey, maybe got chance left. <laughs> yeah, but maybe no chance for yeah, So this is actually, uh, although usually when we learn this, it only talk about the, those non-Buddhist practices. Yeah. But today, I have this challenge for you. I'm not assuming or saying that these or that practices have no use. Huh? Like I mentioned about chanting Buddha, name, uh, mantra, sutra, repentance, puja, and so on. I'm not saying that they have no use. Huh? Uh, I'm saying that many people when they do these practices, including meditation, including in, to some extent even attending Dharma class, Cost not this Dharma class, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, people do not know the link between what they are doing and how it can help them overcome their defilements. Or at least become first of all aware, then be able to mitigate and ultimately eradicate. Yeah. Either directly or indirectly. So your your exercise for this part is to go and consider. List, at least write down what are the practices you are doing on a regular basis. If you don't have a regular practice, then you better start thinking about one now. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, you know, you, you keep on going for the theory test, okay, driving test, keep on going for the, yeah, buy the book and then keep reading. Yeah. And then maybe go for the theory test, maybe not. But never ever go and learn the practical. <laughs> and then you go and watch YouTube how people drive. Wow, there are so many people driving. Then you sit, stand by the roadside, and you see people drive. Wow, oh, so good. Wow. Oh. <laughs> not, 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 Sifu is not saying that Sifu is a good driver, also, a uh, mediocre driver. Uh. If he's a good driver, probably in Pure Land already. Yeah. But maybe, maybe all of you are from Pure Land here to accompany me. <laughs> so, do a checklist, okay? Yeah. You, you can send to me, you don't have to send to me also, but at least you must do this exercise. Then find out. When I do these practices, maybe you do three practices every day, yeah, or a few times a week. Then you write down, okay, these practices, uh, when I get angry, how does it help me? Does it help me directly or indirectly? Yeah. Or after that, does it help me? Yeah. Before that, does it help me? During, after. Yeah. And then the second practice, the same thing. Third practice, the same thing. 
I just mentioned anger yeah, as uh, an example. So remember, right at the start of the session, I mentioned about, uh, I asked the question, write down three things that you know get to you. Yeah, remember? Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't have to be so specifically about anger. Yeah, it can be something in your life that is not that's making you not so happy. Okay. Uh, so ask yourself, how how is your practices helping you progress in this area? And I assure you, if you manage to even solve one of them, your confidence in the Dharma, in Buddhism, will be strengthened beyond your imagination. Otherwise, if not, uh, it is purely on, blunt, in a way, blunt conviction. Yeah. You are uh, supporting Buddhism without knowing why you support Buddhism. You are, you are against other religion or you are uh, adverse towards other religion without knowing why also. And this is actually very dangerous. Because the moment you can counter something that you cannot solve, or the, the, the thing that is upsetting you over a long time, one day, your friend asks you, Hey, you attend this pipe for how many years already? This super thick forever to teach. <laughs> and until now, you know, how is the problem? Still the same way. Then what's the point? Then you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> To me, if you, you know, if as a result, you think, ah, this class is useless, don't come. It's okay, you know. But if as a result you think Dharma is useless, well, oh, oh, that's, that's very jala. Uh, and that is what I'm more concerned about. Okay, so we'll do this exercise. Shishi